Hello everybody, uh, today I would like to talk about the subject of sexual objectification in art and literature. Um, so this is uh, a podcast, so if you would like to uh, sit back, relax, and listen to the sounds of my voice, uh, as I get into uh, this subject, um, I would like to, to get into it a little more deeply then I think most people uh, tend to uh, get into it online. Uh, recently, I've been seeing this debate going back and forth between uh, hardcore feminists and um, SJW people um, and the anti-SJWs. And I feel that both sides uh, do make really good points. And what's interesting is seeing this argument evolve over time. And I feel that um, even though both sides make good points, they tend to really miss the mark uh, about what, what this really is about. So in case you're uh, not aware, um, sexual objectification is uh, basically when a character, typically a female, but it could be a male, is portrayed in such a way as to elicit um, a response from the viewer, typically from a male uh, viewer or from a male reader, uh, usually to elicit uh, feelings of, of sexuality, uh, basically you know, to, to arouse the viewer in a sexual way. Um, uh, I, uh, a word that comes up often is the male gaze, that certain uh, female uh, drawings of women uh, are drawn in such a way to appeal to the male gaze. And so you will have uh, pictures of women um, in various sexual poses. They might be uh, positioned in such a way where their, their butts are, are sticking out or their, their boobs are hanging out. Um, or they might be dressed in very, very skimpy outfits. Um, this is uh, really prevalent in fantasy art and in superhero comics. And when you'll have a, a character like um, Wonder Woman or Spider Woman, uh, where basically they're wearing super skin-tight outfits or just kind of strips of cloth that all that really does is just kind of cover their their nipples and their their pubic region um in some cases some of these uh, outfits will actually look like the girl is just wearing like a thong you know for the back and a lot of these uh, characters they get criticized and the artists that draw these females uh they get criticized and they say that you are objectifying women so um so the argument that i've heard um, the, the counter uh, argument um, is that, well, you know, this is a matter of freedom of speech. Uh, you know, men uh, and artists and writers, they're allowed to do whatever they want. And if they want to draw sexy women, they can. If they want to write about you know, women in sexual situations, they're allowed to. Um, I do agree with this, of course. I'm a big proponent of free speech. But and I think this is where people get really confused about what is free speech. Um, free speech does not mean that you are allowed to do whatever you want without getting criticized. 
Uh, all freedom of speech means is that you're allowed to do whatever you want without getting arrested for it. So if you want to, you know, draw a picture of a Supergirl, uh, you know, spread eagle like in a penthouse magazine, um, you're allowed to do that and no one's going to arrest you. But you'll probably get attacked for it. You'll probably get a lot of criticism for it. And that's fair game. You know, people have a right to criticize just as much as artists have a right to create. So I think that's sort of a, a, a lazy argument. And I think we can set that aside and try to look a little deeper into this topic. So, and of course, the reason that this is a, a sensitive subject for me is because I am an author and I do write about female characters. I actually have a, a number of female heroines. Um, Radia is you know the main character from The Princess of Anya, and she sometimes wears skimpy uh, clothes, and she actually sometimes gets naked in the book. And then um, the one that I'm always concerned about uh, getting uh, into trouble uh, with is Thalana. Uh, she is the heroine that appears in Ages of Anya, and she also appears in, um, is going to appear in my upcoming book, The Feral Girl. And in both books, Thalana doesn't wear any clothes at all. Like she's completely 100% naked. Not all the time, but most of it. Through most of the book, Thalana doesn't wear any clothes. And so I imagine that uh, a lot of people would get very upset about this and would say, this is awful. And, you know, if a girl, you know, if, if a superhero in a skimpy outfit um, can get criticized for being objectifying, I can't imagine what these same people would think about a girl who is just completely naked. Um, but, interestingly enough, I do actually have a lot of female readers who are fans of my work and who are actually fans of Thalana. One of uh, my biggest supporters of what I do uh, she does consider herself a feminist. She does, on occasion, point out some um, um, obscene, you know, sexist uh, artwork that she doesn't like, and and yet she really loves Thalana. She loves the character. Um, so I think this idea that we should judge whether a character is sexist or not based entirely on what clothing they're wearing is, um, I don't think that is the right approach. Um, and I think to do that would be to say that it is sexist for a woman to go to the beach, to wear a bikini, to, to even to wear a thong. You know, um, a few months ago, I was at a water park in Florida, and I saw a lot of women wearing thongs. I was surprised how many thong bikinis I was seeing. And I even mentioned this to my wife. I said, I can't believe how many girls, and this is a water park. This isn't some sexy part of a, of a beach. This is, you know, this is a, a park. It's, night, it's right next to Disney. And there's, you know, kids running around and their moms, you know, I can see like 90% of their butt cheeks. And I'm thinking if someone was to draw a, a female superhero um, in that outfit showing as much skin as these moms are showing, uh, there would be outrage and they would say, this is awful, how can you draw a character like this? Even though you can go to a water park 
And you can see women dress like this. And keep in mind, nobody forced these women to wear these thongs. Nobody said, you're not allowed to come in here unless you wear a thong bikini. I mean, some of the girls are wearing shorts that look like uh, uh, a men's uh, bathing suits, you know, covering everything, their thighs all the way down to the knees. And other women are, are exposing almost everything. <clears throat> and so you have to wonder <clears throat> then, you know, how do we determine what is objectification and what is proper artwork? Um, so now the, the argument that I've heard that, that's been going back and forth um, is that some men will say, well, you know, we do have sexy men in artwork, right? So if you look at He-Man, Conan, uh, Aquaman, Namor, in a lot of these comics and, and graphic novels, you'll see the men are actually wearing, technically they're actually wearing less clothing than their female counterparts because they're only covering their genital area. I mean, Conan often runs around in just a, a little loincloth, whereas Red Sonia wear, is wearing a loincloth and she's covering her breasts. So, um, so that's, you know, the, the, the counter, the, the male argument. But then I've heard the, the feminist crowd will argue back and they will say, that's true, but characters like Conan and He-Man um, and the like are not drawn for women's enjoyment. They're drawn that way because it is a projection fantasy. It's basically the way that men uh, would like to look. Um, so it's it's really a fantasy for the men. And even like Superman and Batman, and I've long argued this, that superheroes like Superman and Batman that wear these skin-tight outfits, they're actually a continuation of the heroic nude, which is a tradition that started way back in ancient Greece, where basically... Uh, heroes like Hercules and Theseus and Perseus, um, they appear naked in paintings and statues. This was considered uh, an ideal, and it was considered uh, masculine and and attractive, and and in some cases sexy for a man to you know be exposed everything. And I think that at the turn of the century when Superman was first created, I think a lot of artists were classically trained. They went to school and they pretty much were following in the tradition of the classical and Renaissance masters like Michelangelo and Leonardo. Um, one of my favorite artists, uh, Frank Frazetta, uh, he draws a lot of fantasy scenes. He actually is one of the people that made Conan popular and, of course, there's a lot of nudity in Frank Frazetta's artwork. And he also had to study the classical Renaissance artists. And he had to do nude figure studies and learn how to draw the unclothed human body. Um, and so that tradition kind of seeped into the comics industry. And so this is why you see such a, a difference when you look at Superman in a comic and you look at Superman in a movie or in a TV show, 
you never quite see the same level of muscle definition on those characters because no matter how tight your skin tight outfit is, it's not going to show every pectoral and every um, every curve of, of your abdomen. You're not going to see all that. Um, but when <clears throat> Superman is being drawn, he's basically being drawn naked. Um, and then, you know, they, of course, they don't draw the genitals, but they basically draw Superman naked and then they just color his skin the color of his outfit and they call it tights. But basically, all these superheroes are meant to be naked. And it goes back to the tradition <clears throat> of the heroic nude. So, but the argument is that, you know, unlike, let's say, you know, Storm and and uh, Rogue and uh, Wonder Woman and Spider-Girl, um, you know, Spider-Man and Superman, they're not meant to be arousing to women. And I do agree to a point that that's true. <clears throat> First and foremost, I think it's important to note that not everybody is the same. Some men uh, will look at a, uh, at a at a figure like Superman, and you know they might <clears throat> um, they might get a projection fantasy out of it. Um, but there are some women, I'm sure, that will look at Superman and they may find that arousing. They may find that stimulating. You know. Um, so there is that. And then I also think, and what I think is much more likely, is that I think there's a lot of women that will look at a character like Wonder Woman and they will also have projection, projection fantasies. And in fact, I would argue that more women, uh, comic book readers, female comic book readers, have projection fantasies about female superheroes than men do. I don't think there's a lot of uh, guys out there uh, reading Superman who are saying, man, I, you know, I wish I looked as muscular as this guy. Because if they did, they probably would be hitting the gym more, you know. Um, but I think there's a lot of women that when they look at these, these characters, they kind of wish that they look like that. Um, and the reason I think that's true is because women do, of their own volition dress up in sexy outfits women they're the ones that are going out they're going to Victoria's Secret they're going to Fredericks of Hollywood and they're buying lingerie and they're going to a bathing suit store and they're buying bikinis and they're they're wearing outfits that in some ways make them look like superheroes you know like scantily clad superheroes um, but I think a uh, uh, an even better example of this is in Comic-Con. Um, if you go to Comic-Cons around the country, especially the, the one in San Diego, you can see really good examples of women uh, who are comic book fans who dress up like their uh, female uh, heroes that they admire. And in a lot of instances, these outfits match the comics very accurately, and they're very uh, arousing. They're, they're very, you know, they're, they're showing a lot of skin. And so, and, and, it's, and it's such a prevalent thing that uh, they have had to actually tell a lot of 
guys who go to Comic-Con not to grope these women, not to sexually harass these women just because they're dressed like your sexual fantasy doesn't mean you're allowed to touch them. But the fact remains that a lot of women are dressing like this, and I don't think they would do that if they did not fantasize about themselves looking like that and, and wearing similar outfits. So the point I'm trying to make is that not everybody is the same. Um, different people have different um, perspectives, you know. Um, so, so, but the counter-argument that I've heard to that, okay, is that um, even though women have agency, and, and this uh, goes back to, um, in reference to what is called um, sex-positive feminism, and there is this movement of sex-positive feminists who basically argue that, you know, women should not be condemned if they want to dress sexy or if they want to be strippers or even if they want to be in the porn industry, women shouldn't be condemned for that. And I think that's fine. But these same women that make this case say, it's fine for a woman to choose to dress sexy, but it is not okay for a guy to write or to draw a character who dresses sexy because that is a fictional character. And a fictional character doesn't have agency. And this is really where I have a big problem and I have to stop and say I got a big problem with this because uh, first of all we have to think about okay if this female character this fictional character does not have agency then what is the writer creating this character what is that writer doing when he's making this character the agency of the fictional character comes out of the mind of the author. Now, of course, there might be a male author, and there might be a male author who's trying to, who's who's fantasizing about a, a woman that likes to run around uh, naked. But if the if a if a female is written, whether it's you know not a sexual character or whether it's a, a sexualized character, her agency comes from the author, her mind, her personality, her beliefs her ideas, everything that makes her what she is comes from the author. Um, when I write a story about Thalana, I try to put myself in her mind. I try to imagine myself as Thalana. And so that's where she gets her agency from. When I'm writing that character, it, it's almost as if I become that character for a time. And that's where she gets her agency from. And if writers were not allowed to do this, then a male author could never write about a female character, let alone a sexy character. You could never write about any female character. You know, you would basically limit all male authors to only write male characters. And, you know, and then, you know, if you wanted equality, female authors could only write about female characters. So obviously this doesn't make any sense. 
okay, to, to make this case. Clearly, uh, fictional characters have a, a kind of fictionalized agency. Um, and again, you might say, well, you know, male authors should not write female characters in that way. But again, I would argue, does that mean that a male character or male author is never allowed to write about a woman who exudes some level of sexuality? Can a male author, for instance, not write about a stripper or write a story about a prostitute or, or a porn star or, you know, just a, a girl who likes to wear skimpy clothing? I mean, those women do exist. Uh, some women even like to, to be arousing. They, they, they dress provocatively on purpose because they want to provoke a sexual response in men. Some women like this do exist. Not all women are like this, but some women like this do exist. So are we to say that men are forbidden from ever writing about these types of characters? Obviously, I think that is an absurd proposition. Um, so, but this isn't to say that sexist characters don't exist or can exist. Um, and so I'm not making that, that argument. And I'm not saying that, that men uh, should be able to draw whatever they want and, and write whatever they want without being critiqued um, and accused of sexism. I definitely think that they can be. But I don't think... Well, here's the problem. I think that what, what we're doing is we're conflating sexism with sexuality. And those are two very different things. We're confusing uh, exuding sex with, with objectifying. And again, those are two different things. I think a character can be sexy without being objectifying. I think a character can be arousing um, without being um, a sex object. Okay, those are, those are two different things. All right. So, and, and another thing that I just would like to mention that some people have said, well, try drawing um, a, a man like Conan in a pose like, uh, like Red Sonia, right? You'll, ha you'll have Conan sort of bent over uh, on a chair with his butt sticking out. Uh, that's going to look stupid and ridiculous. And I do agree that that, that does look stupid and ridiculous, but... It doesn't look ridiculous because it's sexualizing the character. It looks ridiculous because it it basically puts the man in a female pose. You could just have Conan just sort of standing there in a non-sexual pose, and he could take a more feminine pose, and that would also look ridiculous. Um, so the that's the issue there. Because if you look at a Playgirl magazine or a magazine that is made where men are being sexualized, they're not taking similar poses because what women find sexy and what men find sexy are two different things. Women, they don't want to see a guy sort of bent over a, a table with his butt sticking out. You know, they, they don't find that pose attractive. Men do 
because men and women see things differently. And the other thing to note is that women are less visual than men. Women um, aren't as aroused um, looking at naked men. And that's just something, that's just nature, that's just evolution. It has really nothing to do with culture. Men have always enjoyed looking at scantily clad women, and men and, and women have not been as much. I think some women do because we have male strip clubs, um, and that's fine. But even in the male strip clubs, uh, very rarely will you see, uh, you know, in those clubs the, the guy going full Monty, uh, because women aren't as interested in staring at penises as much as men like to look at um, genitalia, female genitalia. So men and women are clearly different. They're fundamentally different. Uh, women do have their sex fantasies, but they express them in different ways. They like to read books like Fifty Shades of Grey, which is clearly a fantasy for, for women. Um, now, I won't go into whether that's objectifying, but it's clearly a book meant to arouse uh, but in a different way. Um, and the reason I know this about women is because of the sales of Playgirl. When Playgirl magazine uh, was first created, it didn't have any competition. It was the only magazine of its kind to display naked men. And there was all these magazines out there for men to ogle women. There was Playboy, there was Penthouse, there was Hustler. There was all these magazines but there was only one Playgirl. And Playgirl almost went out of business. It didn't have enough interest. And the only reason Playgirl did not go out of business is because of gay men. Gay men were the primary buyers of Playgirl. It wasn't actually women. So that really goes to show you the difference, I think, between men and women. We're just different. And I think that's important to acknowledge that. So... Sex and, and, and sexism are not the same thing. So then you have to ask, well, what is the issue? The issue for me is when a female character is portrayed in such a way that she is viewed as being nothing more than an object of sex, that her only reason for existing is to be arousing, that she has no other um, agency, she has no other value, she has no other uh, quality of personality. She, she's there for that purpose, to, to, to be stimulating. That is where I think objectification comes. And we do see examples of that. We do see examples of uh, characters at times where the picture exists for no other reason other than for the guy to stare at it and, and drool, okay? And, um, and that, I would say, um, is, is a problem. But the problem is that that's very, very hard to judge um, because there's a very, very fine line uh, between what is meant for to be arousing and what is not. Now, if you take, for example, the, uh, the uh, Milo Monara uh, drawing of Spider-Woman, uh, who is clearly bent over in a you know, pornographic pose, I would agree that that image is meant 
to be arousing. But I think what a lot of people don't realize is that Milo is an erotic artist. He's not a comic book artist. He he, he made a career based on basically doing softcore porn or erotica. That's his job. And so the fact that a guy who's known for erotica would draw a very erotic drawing of a superhero doesn't you know surprise me and maybe the the issue shouldn't be so much that we should criticize Milo but that we should criticize the decision to have Milo draw that character whoever decided oh yeah let's give this guy the right to draw spider girl maybe that was a, a bad decision it would be like showing up at a porno studio asking the porno studio make a superhero movie and then be really offended when the movie turns out to be rated X. What do you what do you expect? I mean, that's that's what they do. You know, that's what they specialize in. Um, so, but I think the reality is that most comics and most characters in comics, they're really in the middle. Uh, it's really more of a gray area on whether or not a character and the way the characters dress and the pose that the character is in whether or not that is an objectifying pose. It's hard to tell because different things are arousing. I mean, in, in you know Puritan times, in Victorian times, a guy might get turned on by looking at a girl's heel, you know. Um, so, you know, the, the, the smallest little thing that we would consider very innocent today could be arousing in the past. Um, in other countries like in Iran, um, you know, uh, people will censor uh, a woman's uh, breasts even if they're covered by a shirt or a blouse. Is If it's protruding too much uh, out, you know, it, it, you know it, it, it's sexual to them. Even a woman's face can be sexual and sometimes they'll blur that out. So what is considered arousing is, is is very subjective. And so that's hard to do. And, and what is considered objectifying is further um, is further subjective. So so these are not easy these are not easy things to to ask. And I really think that all we can really do is judge these things on a case by case basis. Um, there are people that will say, well your black widow is is a very sexist character, you know. But, and they will show an example of this by showing the worst, the worst depiction of Black Widow you can get, you know. But then there's a lot of other artists and pictures of Black Widow where she looks per per uh, perfectly, uh, perfectly innocent, you know. So, um, so even calling a character sexist again it's hard to do because it depends on the artist and it depends on the story um now if we were to look at back of my character uh thalana of course she's naked and you might say well you know why is your character naked you know why why can't you have her wear clothes well uh the main reason for that now i could i could argue well you know give you her backstory and say you know, Thalana's naked because she grew up in a village where nobody wears clothes. And, you know, clothes are foreign to her. 
Uh, but then people would say, yeah, but you, you created that Baxter because you're a guy because you want to think about naked girls running around the jungle. Well, the fact of the matter is I do. I do like to think about naked girls running around in the jungle. And I think I would be lying if I was to say that I don't think that Thalana's sexy. I do think she's sexy. And I do think the idea of a naked girl running around in the jungle is, that is a sexy idea. But that's not to say that she can't be both uh, a person with agency and a sexy character. And I think what we need to recognize as creators is that sexuality is a big part of who we are. It's a big part of our identity. To divorce a person from their sexuality, to, to remove sexuality from that person, from that character, is going to be taking away a part of who that character is. It's, it's going to be depriving us of an, uh, of an aspect of our humanity. And that's something that I don't want to do. Um, now, is it something that I think that men would enjoy more than women? I think it's possible. But at the same time, um, you know, when I write about Xander, when I first created the character, Ages of Anya, um, Xander was also naked. Uh, he just as naked just as often as Thalana is. And in, and in as many situations. And he's also very attractive. And if some people were to say, well, Xander's very sexy, well, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm a strong advocate of equal sexualization. I, I think women can exude sexuality and men can exude that sexuality just as much. That doesn't mean, though, that they're sexist characters or that they're characters that are being objectified. And when I write my books, I have actually given them to my female beta readers and even my editor, um, Ava, she is also a woman. And I asked her, uh, I said, please, you know, when you read through my, my books, please be very careful uh, to, to read it and to remove any instances of sexism. If there's anything there that sort of I subconsciously put in there that comes across as sexist, I would like you to let me know. And... For the most part, they didn't find anything, but there are, there are times when they did find some things, just minor things, minor details. I, I don't go into graphic detail describing body parts. I never do that. But in a few instances, I might talk about how Thalada was beautiful. And my editor said, well, she wouldn't think of herself as being beautiful. So if you're in her mind, if you're in her headspace, She's probably not going to be running around saying, oh, I'm so beautiful. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I took that out because that did seem to be uh, more for the male perspective than for the female perspective. And I really want to respect the female perspective. I do the same thing with my artists. And I will admit that I do have some artwork of Thalana that I'm not proud of, that I do think is a little erotic and I've actually told my artist please pull back on that a little bit you know try not to show her in such an erotic pose um my artist always wanted to draw her with you know huge breasts and I always tell them she doesn't have huge breasts she has small breasts you know her breasts are not you know you know really just try to tone that down as much as possible and um and I've actually found that my favorite depictions of Thalana 
the most accurate ones actually come from female artists. They do the best job because I think that they they draw the body in a more natural uh, way, which I appreciate. Um, so, and if you read the story, um, I don't talk about Thalana in, in a way, you know, I, I don't talk about her body parts. Uh, I don't focus on her, you know, on her sexuality. I focus on all the other things. I focus on her survival. I focus on her her experience, on her memories of her family, on all these other emotions that she has, her fears, her hopes, her dreams, um, her anxieties, all the other things that make her a complete person. And this is why I'd like to think that she's not an uh, unobjectified female character. Um, and But again, you might say, well, why is she naked? Well, you know, first of all, I mean, I will admit, I do think the human body is the most beautiful thing in the world, okay? And I'm not just saying that for women. I think men too. I think, uh, you know, a, a, a young, fit uh, male body um, is just as beautiful uh, as a, a, you know, un, unclad female body. You know, th th these are the most beautiful things in the universe for me. You know, I, I love looking at uh, naked bodies. Just to, to me, it's like looking at a, at a beautiful landscape, you know, or, or any beautiful painting. Uh, for me, it's, it's the pinnacle of, of, of great art is, is the human body, you know. I think this is a tradition that goes back thousands of years of the ancient Greeks who kind of recognize the same thing. And of course, there is an element of sex there as well. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being sexy. Um, but another reason why um, I depict her that way is because I'm a nudist. And Thalana is also a nudist. And the same kinds of sensations, the same kinds of feelings that you experience when you're naked out in nature is something that I really wanted to express through my writing. So you know, when Thalana's going through the woods and you know she can feel the air and the sun and the and the trees and the the leaves you're know, touching her body and you know you know especially I talk a lot about what she feels under her feet you know, more than anything, because she's stepping on a lot of you know, gravel and dirt and mud and leaves. And there's there's all these sensations that you experience when you're naked out in the woods. This is something that I've experienced a lot. And that's something that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to bring that to my fiction. And so, so I'd like to think that despite the fact that I'm writing about a completely naked uh, character, um, that she's not sexist. And um, and if if anybody was to object to her and say, well, you know, uh, this you know she's sexist, I don't think we really can say that just because she's naked. And so I so really that's really my takeaway uh, from all of this is that we should not really we should not um, confuse sexism with sexy objective objectifying with arousing, we need to recognize that women can have agency and at the same time, they can, of their own accord, wear skimpy clothing, 
clothing that is stimulating, even clothing for the male gaze, and that it is possible for a man to create such a character uh, simply because, you know, the agency of a any fictional character, male or female, is always going to come from the author and has to. Where else would that agency come from? You know, um, so so I think that's you know that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Um, if you have an objection, I'd I'd like to hear about it. But that's pretty much what I think. And uh, if, if you you know would be interested in learning more about my characters and especially Thalana, um, who again I, I I would like to think that Thalana really challenges the status quo and challenges these these notions, these ideas of what is sexist and what is objectifying. I, I think that's one of the things that I find fascinating about the character and why I like writing about her as well. Uh, so if you, if you find her uh, interesting, uh, please, you know, uh, you can go to nickalamodos.com or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, pick up uh, Ages of Ania, and or uh, if you have... Uh, look for my upcoming book, The Princess of Anya. Uh, no, that's already out. Uh, my upcoming book, The Feral Girl, which is also going to be about Thalana. So, uh, so thanks for listening. I appreciate it.